I, uh... Oh! Oh, what? Trump's, Trump's blog is down. Yeah, what happened there? They just uh, probably didn't re-up on the domain name. Yeah. <laughs> they straight up just, like, shut it down. Like, What do you think he does all day? I can't even begin to imagine. Probably just golfs. Yeah, he just lives it's, in Mar-a-Lago now, it's right? The sa- golfing for him is the safest possible thing he could do. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't bother anyone else. He's just like a cow grazing in the fields. He's going to live forever, isn't he? I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I would like there to be enough hours to like, or en- enough years ahead for me to possibly meet him and just be like, what? Dude, who knows? And I'm just glad that it's your birthday and we're, we're hanging out in person. It's pretty cool. For those, well... Welcome to the Hegelian Friendship Simulator, the only podcast on the internet where we try and uncover the truth of the universe, one Wikipedia article at a time. Uh, I am joined literally physically in person right now with my wonderful co-host, Alex Virgil. Woo! And I'm also in person with uh, my wonderful birthday boy co-host, John Miklas. This is me. This is me slapping his face if you can hear it. Yeah, mm. that's actually happening. That's not a sound effect. Yeah. Although maybe he might need to touch it up. In I, I'm going to add some, yeah, do some Foley work on it. Um, yeah, so uh, all you listeners out there, thank you for checking in again. Um, as we teased out last week, uh, yeah. we had a marathon recording session. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got some, some older, week-old material coming at you in a little bit but evergreen stuff uh yeah no good stuff evergreen stuff and and i happened to be in la for a few days so we thought we'd meet up and we would get the intro in person this is the very first recording that we released for the hegelian friendship simulator where we're in the same room at the same time literally the only one yeah um and emmy's somewhere doing something yeah, Emmy's Emmy's working on some stuff. She um, partying. She has a clandestine assassination of a, a South a- South American diplomat. She's literally in Bolivia right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're listening to this, please, please take good care of Evil Morales for us. <laughs> Do not let any harm come to him. Our our producer is possibly <laughs> going to. Uh... <laughs> please, dear God. Protect him with everything you can. Um, yeah, well, on that... Emmy! But, uh, yeah, no, I, um... What's going on, Birch? What's, uh, what's the deal? What's the haps? What's the haps? I mean, you know what's been really nice this past week is... I've... I... Over a year and a half of no taco trucks... To going to one, two, three, four, five, six taco trucks in the span of like three days. That's the dream, man. Amazing. That's the dream. What a literal great, dream. What a great thing yeah. to be able to say. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. Life affirming. Yeah. It's truly life affirming. And drinking Modellos. Yeah. Taking life the, is good. Taking the train. Yeah. Having having some random people. Just talking it at my face on the train, <laughs> saying something about Jesus. There was a guy on the train who came in, okay, and he was like saying stuff and just kind of you know talking out into the open. And then our eyes kind of met, and he was like, you know, and he was like kind of conscious of me, but he was still saying stuff. And I was just yeah. listening to music, whatever. And then this one guy with a bunch of bags was like getting off the train, so he had to do multiple trips as the door's trying to close. Yeah. And this guy jumps up and, like, helps him and, like, puts his stuff out and for him and, like, makes sure the his, his straps don't get caught in the door. Yeah, yeah. Then he sits back down and he kind of looks at me and I just gave him, like, a really nice smile. Just like, oh, like, 
that was nice. That's good. Nice of you. And he just like kind of like nodded like, yeah, I'm cool. And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah. And then he went back to his phone and then he started like trying to tell me Bible verses after that. Mm. I stopped listening. Yeah. But that little moment was nice. That's like always the nice um, affirming part of Christianity when you're like, yeah. oh, you interpreted some yeah. of it correctly. Yeah. That's nice. It was nice. Because he knew he did something that was, like, nice. Yeah. And I saw it, and I let him know. Quiet, quiet moments in the big city, you know? Yeah. Little B story. Yeah. But it's, it's like, not, that's not the main, the no. main camera's not on that, but, uh-huh. like, the B, the B camera caught it, and, uh, yeah, it's always appreciated. It's so nice. It's so much nicer than getting yelled at by some waitress at a Venice fancy, fancy place. Oh, my God. There's nothing worse than that. I just want to reiterate, if if it got cut in the intro, that we talked about a a uh, hard kombucha place, we will not say it out loud, yeah. um, where they have $3 kombucha tasters, and if you get three, it becomes a flight, and it's $10, and that's all we're going to say about that. It uh, defies logic. Yeah. Defies logic, but it sounds like the piggies are still going to... You almost got to respect the hustle that defies logic. Yeah. But that is the moment where it reminds me of the good place when she goes, oh, this is the bad place. (laughs) And that's how I felt sitting there on these like white, you know, wicker wicker chairs being like, oh, this is the bad place. Question for you. Did the chairs have backs? Yes. Oh, they did? They did have backs. They did have backs. That's a shocking Yeah. Uh, thing. Because we got on a low table, but the big higher booths, of course, it was just the, uh, the like middle school science yeah. stools. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. No, no bueno. No bueno. Hey, do you have any unfinished business? <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, I don't. I kind of forgot I everything that we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. Godel's poop hole. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it's possible that. You can legally form a dictatorship in the United mm-hmm. States, thanks to the Constitution. I actually was thinking about the Constitution. Okay. And it's like, we're screwed, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I don't have like a fully fleshed out thought here. Just besides the idea yeah. that it's just like, it's all too big. I was thinking mm-hmm. about the Constitution because I was thinking about it. It's like, wouldn't it be cool if like... There was like a second Bill of Rights, you know, like I think mm. that's what FDR wanted to do. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like everybody has a right to housing and healthcare and like yeah. all this stuff. And then, then I was thinking, it's like we're never getting that in the Constitution. No. So the only way it would happen is if we have like a break off, like if San Diego becomes a country. It would literally and you can have like to be like the yeah, it would have to be like a new situation. Yeah, there's no like rejigging of what we have no aside from just like duct taping with new amendments did you hear the 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 kristen or kirsten cinema thing oh what happened she's the worst i mean she's yeah. she's she's like a, a capital v villain yeah. in american politics and it's, and it's wild to see like just like just very much like evil bisexual energy yeah know? yeah yeah um yeah she evil bisexual centrist energy that mm-hmm qualifier she's the little like lamb character in yeah. uh, zootopia <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that reference plays but certainly didn't play with me but i still <laughs> laughed so there's someone who's listening who's going oh yeah um she said she said she didn't want to abolish the filibuster uh-huh. or make any moves to because the system was broken so you have to make people act a certain way to fix the system that was i don't know the the logic somehow was that no the 60 votes is good because Mm -hmm. the system is so fucked up that you need more people like the 60 vote majority to justify changing anything it was it didn't mm. it's the, the opposite of what is good yeah it's like the opposite of it's like i'm the, not enough mimosas in that's a ten dollar that's yeah. a ten dollar flight for, yeah for three <laughs> she would be a big fan of that she ten dollar for three she flight. absolutely yeah. would she goes oh they have flights <laughs> they should be a dollar more yeah i remember oh man 
we can't keep talking about these flights because it's just there's no logic behind it. And the and the lady immediately admitted she she literally said the words it's a scam oh it's a scam. And I'm looking around and everyone's just having a great time not getting drunk off of hard kombuchas because right. they're hard kombuchas. Yeah, they're gonna go like poop a lot. Like yeah, that. that's the thing. The probiotics they still play. They really do. Good for when you're at home and you need to poop, but not, yeah. not for socializing no. time. Uh, yeah. Good stuff. I mean, we got, I will say, it's nice to be doing this introduction knowing what's to come, because we got a lot of fun information on the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a good episode. This is a good episode. You guys will like it. Um, I guess without further ado, we'll... uh... Hey, Miklas, do you know what time it is? Uh, No, Verge. I I don't think I do. What time is it? It is time for your information. Moo! And in classic for your information um, style, we will not be talking about an animal that has any fur on its body at all. No mammalians. What are we talking about today? Um, We are talking about the Cantor's giant soft-shell turtle. (laughs) Um, He sounds fun. Yeah, or the Asian giant soft-shell turtle. The Yangtze giant soft-shell turtle, which I think are all variants, different variants. But, um, you know, this is like a great animal. Got visually very easy to mock. Um, This turtle looks like a uncircumcised chode. Yeah, I'm looking at him now. That's just a blob. Like, that's not a... a... Yeah. (laughs) It really is. If he was a Pokemon, you'd be like, you know, you need to go draw him a little bit more precisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this thing knows how to, like, uh, what, what is it? Splash? Splash around or whatever the fuck? And sleep. Yeah. Um, but the Yangtze giant softshell turtle is on the motherfucking brink of extinction. Oh, wow. Like, there's only... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, there are only three left. Whoa. And are they all in um, captivity? I I think so. The fourth, the last female, died Ugh. like two years ago, which pretty much, you know, um guarantees its extinction. Mm. Which is a bummer. The thing is, um, based on this article that i read that i can't even find anymore um they literally like they just lay flat in like the mud in southeast asia and then it said they come up twice a day to breathe so they're just down there doing nothing and like i don't think animals deserve more or less, you know, to live more or less than other animals, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll say mosquitoes can fucking, like, suck a cock, but... Um, yeah, sure. But this animal's not necessarily helping its own case. Yeah, I don't... I don't... I wonder if there's a word for that. Like, when an animal doesn't, like, justify its own... Right. Like, doesn't, like, have, like, a seeming... Like, a species doesn't have, like, a... Um, prosperity or like oh, what is it? Yeah, like, well, it's like it when when its behaviors when its behaviors are contributing to its right. Extinction. I mean, panda bears are like that, right? Where it's like eat something else. Yeah, you don't need to eat fifty pounds of bamboo every day. Yeah, or eat something like else. you could you could literally eat anything else and it get more. Um, yeah, and then you can do things. Hmm. Um. But interesting. Yeah, but there's like, but look at them. They're just like super flat, super weird, soft shell. They just look um, the frog-faced. Okay, for the listener, I should actually give you some facts, I suppose. (laughs) It's a species of freshwater turtle. It's native to Southeast Asia. Um, Oh, the the wiki page for Asian giant soft-shell turtle is like spotty at best. Um because it says it has been considered 
to be among the largest extant freshwater turtles. Um, and then it says clarification needed. And by whom? It says by whom? <laughs> and That's then, like, never good because that can be pretty pretty clearly honed down when you <laughs> like make up a statistic on Wikipedia and it's like, okay, no one says this. Like, yeah. how do you? I, where did that come from? You know, by whom? I love that. That's by cool. whom? By um, whom? And it's so funny because in the description, it says, um, despite reports that it can grow up to 1.8 meters in length and is the world's largest extant freshwater turtle, this maximum size and title is murky at best. <laughs> like, this is a to- this is like talk page discourse, just like passive aggressively being used in the actual page. Yeah. I think that there's probably a lot of animal stuff on Wikipedia that's, like, pretty poorly. Yeah. Uh... Oh, I'm sure. Um, apparently, the largest specimen carapa- carapace length known is considered suspect. And the heaviest specimen known was actually, mis- was actually a misidentified Yangtze giant softshell turtle. <laughs> this, page, oh, funny. this page is a mess. This is... This is a mess. Um, yeah. But, um, oh, okay. According to the wiki page for the Yangtze giant, there's only five to six, which is higher. Mm-hmm. Um, five to six, one in China, and three to four in Vietnam. Wild. Critically endangered. Have you ever, there's, um, I think it might be done now, but uh, the white rhino, I think it's like the Sudanese oh, white rhino, yeah, yeah. is another one that was just like three of them were just existing for like 10 years. It's th- three females. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like there are these uh, Kenyan, you know, bush, uh, you know, soldiers that right. just constantly watch over these like, you know, the last of yes. a dying species. Um, it's, it is, there's something really, uh, unsettling about, like, the stories about animals going extinct. Yeah. Because it, it obviously happens. And it's, like, not just a, it's not just, like, a human-caused thing. Mm-hmm. Plenty of species have gone extinct with, without our help. Um, but there's also, there's a certain... There's a certain feeling you get as a human that you like kind of are responsible like to caretake the mm-hmm. earth, you know? Um that we probably don't think about enough, maybe. <laughs> um yeah. but animals going extinct, it's like, oh my god, we have not done our job. Like we yeah. are responsible for this. Yeah. We fucked up. Like there's a there is a relieving of pressure when you when you realize you're just a tiny speck, right? Um, but then when you realize that you were partially responsible for millions of years of like an evolutionary process, just getting yeah, it's like oh shit, we're that bad. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely this like um, constant duality. Um, it in the in like the lens right like if you look at your hand up close mm-hmm. and you can see all of the ridges and like mm-hmm. all of like every single like kind of you know indentation and crease and then you you if you were to look at it with like a microscope you would see all of these atoms right you know and like mm-hmm. you keep digging down deep and smaller and smaller and then you also could start talking about like um this may be a little bit of a foreshadowing to one of my topics, but like geo activity that happens over 25,000 years over like mm-hmm. giant portions of the earth. And, and it's really hard to understand how both of those things are happening at the same time, the small yeah. and the large, you know? Yeah. Like you're talking about a turtle going extinct in Southeast Asia but at the same time, trying to understand, like, why are we here, you know? <laughs> and they almost seem like they can't be, you can't, like, um, yeah. 
conjoin the two, you know? I think you can't. And the uh, thing I've been, like, my way, my little mantra to, like, remind myself that you can't, but it's okay, is I, I, I think of, like, giant boulders and rocks are, like, huge. Every single rock is an entire rock. Right. But every single rock is just a tiny crumb on this, right? It's just a shard of what used to be. Right. So it's like, yeah, it's both. Just this giant boulder that I'm climbing. It's fucking huge. It's a huge boulder, but it's also just a shard of another. And it can be both. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That helps me go, yeah, don't think about it too hard. (laughs) Yeah, honestly... Thanks for thanks for this. Yeah, I love love to ponder my own mortality when thinking about the uh, slow, sad death of a irrelevant species on Earth. Yeah, love it. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, yeah, yeah. It, truly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was for your information. I did recently learn that there were like millions and millions of T-Rexes over the course of the entirety of whatever, but there were only ever like 20,000 on Earth at a time. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, you know, it's all whatever, bro. <laughs> I mean, soon enough, we'll all be gone, yeah. and it'll be the octopuses to pick up the pieces, you know? I almost, I almost did cuttlefish for your information. I got very close, and I was like, you know what? I should space these out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cephalopods and crustaceans, I should space them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Carcinization? <laughs> Fuck that. Octopus gang for life. Okay, so, uh, Virgil. Yes. Last episode, um, mm-hmm. your topic, Gogol's... Godel's loophole. Um, yes. You, one of the last things that we kind of left on was talking about mm-hmm. like, um, like great thinkers, right? And how mm-hmm. one of the things that inevitably happens uh, is that they ideate on a subject and kind of like mm-hmm. leave the blueprint for future people to, uh, to, yeah, to build off of or not. But like their right. life's work, like it is inevitably incomplete because the human project is incomplete, right? Yeah, yeah. So I have kind of like a whole host of things in that landscape that I want to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. I'm going to start on a single web on a, the page that is the least about that. We'll kind of circle back. Um, Love it. I found myself reading about uh oh actually it's because um do you watch top chef no do you know what it is yeah yeah so it's it's a good show uh it's fun and this season which is currently happening is in portland it's the first time they've ever done top chef in portland so i was reading uh and i think the last episode or a couple episodes ago they were in wine country and so I was reading about the Willamette Valley. Um, and the Willamette Valley uh, is... I like the Willamette Valley. Beautiful. Are you about to tell me something terrifying No, about no, it? no. It's, it's wonderful. Oh, okay, Absolutely cool. beautiful. It is. Um, and for those that don't know, it's kind of like... Um, it follows the Willamette River, which flows pretty much the mm. entire length of the valley. And uh, essentially from like portland to eugene oregon um Mm -hmm. and it's the cultural and political heart of oregon home to approximately 70 percent of the population including the six largest cities portland eugene salem gresham hillsborough and beaverton um Mm -hmm. it's uh refreshing to hear someone not from that area pronounce it right by the way (laughs) yeah it is a weird word and willamette but it's fun to pronounce if you pronounce it right yeah. Uh, so one of the things on the webpage about it, uh, it says that much of the Willamette's fertility, uh, is mm. derived from a series of massive ice age floods that cake came oh. from Lake Missoula in Montana and scoured across yeah. Eastern Washington, sweeping its topsoil down the Columbia river gorge. 
when fl- that's that's how the Columbia River was created. Exactly. So I found this fascinating, really, really cool. And Hell interestingly yeah. enough, there is a web page, a Wikipedia page, on the Missoula mm-hmm. floods, which are also known as the Spokane floods or the Brett's floods. Um, Hell yeah! And they were so. These were cataclysmic glacial lake outburst floods that swept periodically across eastern Washington down the Columbia River Gorge at the end of the last ice age. Um, Mm. It was between 15,000 and 13,000 years ago, and they think it happened like um, they would last like an average of 55 years um, over a 2,000-year period. was just sweeping all of this like carving carving all of these rivers like the beautiful landscape of the northwest is like this is responsible for that and also Mm -hmm. the absolutely idyllic incredible wonderful agricultural topsoil that exists in that region is thanks to this thing Mm -hmm. that happened um so i wanted to start there because i do like i love this concept um, last episode we talked a bit about the rock, right? What? What? How do you say it? The, um, oh, the rock is the, a whole rock, mine, but it's also a shard, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every rock is a, is an entire rock. And so this, to me, the history, the geological history of the Willamette Valley is a great example of like the big and the small, right? Like on the the broader meta timeline of earth uh-huh yeah yeah deep time. deep time where this beautiful incredible region is thanks to this thing that clearly happened like these floods mm-hmm. and in the short term it's created this entire culture both agriculturally and societally that exists up there that would not exist otherwise but mm-hmm on deep time standards, the people and the vineyards and the cities and the cultures that exist there is like mold, you know, like it's like no more than just some weird outgrowth on top of the geological history, you know? So, so like they're both happening at once that 15,000 years ago, there was a flood and now mm-hmm. 70% of Oregon's population is in this valley. Like, those things should yeah. not be related, and yet they mm-hmm. innately, inevitably are, right? Isn't that, it's so cool. It's so yeah. weird. Um, it is. Yeah. Dude, it's totally weird because I think about that shit every time I'm in any kind of canyon. Yep. Anytime, because you know, you know what movie did it? It was Bugs Life. Oh, dude. wow. Yeah, yeah. Because when you're thinking about the bug's life, like the riverbed seems so huge and it's like these huge canyons. And then you're like, oh, it's just like a river. Right. And then you stand at Grand, and you stand on the edge of Grand Canyon and you're like, oh, yeah, fuck. Fuck me. <laughs> you know I am I mean? but a tiny speck on this earth. Yeah. Dude, yeah. And actually what's interesting is uh, the, the Grand Coulee Dam mm-hmm. is like the main dam on the Columbia River. And there's a lake that's clearly man-made because it's you know part of the grand coulee dam so like all that water that stopped became the lake so then you have the opposite thing where you're on a boat on the surface of a lake and you can see like old like pre-dust bowl era like street signs and like stop signs and shit underwater well yeah i mean similarly a callback some unfinished business to um uh the episode we talked about the um crimean um not crimean uh what did we talk about the the eastern european um the, the top oh, fuck what are they called the warriors the culture the cossacks, cossacks. thank you thank you fuck me um yeah, yeah. but the 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 region that the cossacks existed in is entirely underwater mm-hmm. now because of damming of the, oh, the Dnieper river while the ussr was uh, around Dude, so that's that this entire culture like a history of peoples with like a very hundreds of centuries long culture gone the land is doesn't exist anymore Dude. um okay but it gets it gets even more there's there's more to this oh yeah we're not even on the actual subject huh dude i could i could talk about the that area and the rivers uh, and Missouri honestly and i mean the columbia river is still 
like the most awe-inspiring and i've seen all the you know i've seen the mississippi yeah. the columbia is unbelievable it's enormous it feels Dude, woody so guthrie woody guthrie wrote songs about columbia the columbia river it's the most dangerous waterway in the world do you know that i did not know that yeah more ships have sunk in the columbia river than any other river in the world wow astoria astoria oregon there's like behold it's like a graveyard of ships in astoria oregon um wow so astoria i said that this is called the missoula floods it's also sometimes called the brett's floods Mm. and so here's the deal geologist j harlan brett's first recognized evidence of the catastrophic floods which he called the Spokane floods in the 1920s. He was researching the channeled scab lands, which is in eastern Washington, as well as the Columbia uh-huh. Gorge and the Will- Willamette Valley. Uh, in the summer of 1922 uh-huh. and for the next seven years, Brett's conducted field research. Um, and he, uh, Brett's view, which was seen as arguing for a catastrophic explanation of the geology, um, ran against the prevailing view of uniformitarianism, and Brett's views were initially discard- disregarded. Uh, so, what? uniformitarianism. Let's go there. Uh-huh. Please. Um, this is, a, is a, a principle in geology, but actually in quite a few different sciences. Um, it's the assumption that the same natural laws and processes that operate in our present-day scientific observations have always operated in the universe in the past and apply everywhere in the universe. So this is like actually like some kind of like high-level, almost like metaphysical and you could argue even like spiritual shit. Um, yeah. But So uniformitarianism is a belief that let's say in the 19th century even into the 20th century and even today to some standards was the belief that all of our laws of science must be the same now as they were back then you know like over the entire Uh course of earth's history um and brett's was saying that something bad happened in the pacific northwest he was like i'm looking at the Uh land something bad happened here this isn't just like uh-huh. something crazy, something wild, something that we can't explain. Uh, and it was a direct yeah. attack on the idea of uniformitarianism. Okay. Okay. You, you, okay. you feeling good? You, you, you following? I, I am following. I am following. Uniformitarianism as a concept is, as a concept brought up in like science is making it hard for me to understand because it's like yes and no, right? Absolutely. Like, I, and so, interestingly enough, the the from what I understand, I you know from reading mm-hmm. these articles and a little bit else, yeah. um, the twentieth century has led to us believing um, that there's kind of it's kind of both. Um, the current consensus right. is that Earth's history is a slow, gradual process punctuated by occasional natural catastrophic events that have affected earth and its inhabitants um Uh it it is reduced to the blending of two philosophical assumptions and this is also known as the principle of geological actualism which states that all past geological action was like all present geological action the present principle of actualism is the cornerstone of paleoecology so uniformitarianism was an assertion that it was like no it's always been like this and actualism is more the belief that the laws have always been the same right okay okay, right which makes a lot more sense thank you for thank you for differentiating yeah because that's where i was a little bit like i mean yeah in the sense that like you know it's always been on a trajectory that was determined by the laws. Right, but... It just happens to be dynamic. Exactly. You I know? mean, you, you listen to J. Harlan Bretz describing mm-hmm. his philosophy or theory of the Missoula floods, and they make perfect sense, mm-hmm. right? Like, these mm-hmm. catastrophic events make total sense. They, they, yeah. they run in line with our short-term empirical observations on the Earth. Like, right. if... If if we believed in uniformitarianism, 
we would have a hard time explaining like the destruction of new orleans during hurricane katrina right like it right. runs it to say that yeah. the the cycles are the same every single year is just fundamentally wrong to say that mm-hmm. the scientific dynamics through which we get to those functions is the same i think we can yeah. probably all agree with right to an right. extent i mean we also can't know i mean this is mm-hmm. part of the problem with like paleoecology with this whole study uh so we don't know i mean we could be living in a simulation we cannot prove it right (laughs) like right right a hundred thousand years ago there could have been like a species that existed before man that was magic i don't know i probably not but we don't know do we can we no i think about that like can we know for sure there's no way to know um I mean, when we really get back to like sixty-five million years ago, how how do you, how could we know, right? How could we know? We only know the tiniest, tiniest fraction of what there is to know. Uh, so I also wanted to talk about um, this thing. Uh, so the the idea of uniformitarianism led me down this rabbit hole of something called Neptunism. Oh no! Um, so, <laughs> what is so, that? So Neptunism <laughs> is a superseded scientific theory of geology proposed by Abraham Gottlob Werner in the uh, Werner in the late 18th century, proposing that rocks formed from the crystallization of minerals in the early Earth's oceans. Um, the uh. theory took its name from Neptune, the ancient Roman god okay. of the sea, and there was considerable uh-huh. debate between uh, Neptunists and those favoring a rival theory known as Plutonism, um, which gave a significant role to volcanic origins and which in modified Mm -hmm. form replaced Neptunism um, as the principle of uniformitarianism was shown to fit better with geological facts. Um, Oh. So I I have a very... um, specific obsession with scientific theories and scientists that have been proven completely and utterly fundamentally wrong um yeah i just i think it's so because like in reading about this guy um so first of all this guy is the funniest looking dude of all time uh his portrait he looks just like this little like oh yeah little uh yeah goofball um but he He's not like a disgraced scientist. Like he's he's been called yeah. the father of German geology, but his entire life, much like um, last week when we talked about Gödel and Einstein and mm-hmm. all these other thinkers, this guy's life. He tried to leave something. He ideated on a subject. He came up with a theory. He left it for the world, uh-huh. and it was just completely and utterly wrong. Like. He missed the mark so much that he his entire life's work was built towards in a direction that's completely and utterly incorrect. Um, yeah. And I don't know. It kind of I don't know that it, it like makes me kind of sad. Um, yeah. I just have a hard time like functionally contemplating that. But I also am like I'm kind of obsessed well, with with that idea. You know what's really sad is there's this sentence that just says, um, volcanoes had a minor effect. This is in Neptunism. Modifying the continents and adding more sediment as well. So, like, he does, like, like you said, he's not like a kook or anything. No, he, he clearly had an idea. He, it was built on, like, research and study and a pursuit of learning something. But he was just wrong. Yeah. He lived his entire life wrong. He just banked a little more on gravity. Mm-hmm. And less on vulcan volcanism. <laughs> and then oh, and then all these people who were no no more spectacular than him just ganged up on him and said, Dude, you're wrong, you're dude. Wrong. <laughs> it's volcanoes. It's and he probably was like, damn, it's, it's volcanoes. I, I get, get it. it. 
He did have a um, a big supporter in um, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, uh, who is oh. most well known for writing uh, Faust. Um, yeah, and Faust has a a contemplation on Neptunism, oh. where the um, the person in support of um, Plutonism is mephistopheles the devil <laughs> mephistopheles. that's which is like a little maybe a little on the nose um that's funny but well so one of the things too um okay so put her put her all out right? that's a funny little thing put a put a, put a pin in that thought that yeah. um it's a there's a play about it where there's a conversation between a neptunist and a plutonist and the plutonist is uh just remember that sentence for mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. That's perfect. Um, Continue. Sorry. Well, all right. This is my kind of my final drawing into my final kind of idea okay. on all this. Um, uh-huh. And it's it, no one, you nor any of the listeners are going to be shocked with like where I come out, like thinking about all of this, but put it all on the map, right? Okay. You got um, Neptunism, which is objectively wrong. Mm-hmm. You've got right. this guy, Bretz, in the 1920s, who was making a hypothesis that is mostly believed to be true about the Missoula floods. Uh-huh. You've got this right. concept of uniformitarianism that is mm-hmm. now what we're calling, I guess, actualism, um, uh-huh. which is like a synthesis of uniformitarianism and ca- right. catastrophism, I guess. We got right. actualism. You're, you're going to be able to guess that where I go with this, but we're so fucking wrong about everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's all wrong. Every single part yeah. of this storyline, it's, mm-hmm. it's impossible to know the truth. And so, so yeah. all of this, even the stuff that is well-researched, well-understood, well-studied, wrong. It's all wrong. Every single part of it. We yeah. don't know anything. We don't know shit about shit. It, <laughs> the world is both everything and it is nothing at the same time. Like, this is, this yeah. is the most I can back you on that. futile wiki hole I think I've ever been on. It's like <laughs> maddeningly... Like it makes me want to go crazy because there's no there's no end to it all. That's it so started funny. out of like a pleasant. It like makes you lose hope. Yeah. It yeah. started out of a me pleasantly reading about this part of the United States that I like to visit, and then Willamette Valley is beautiful. It's beautiful, and now I'm like in this like existential crisis where I'm like all all of our science is wrong. Somehow it's wrong. We don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know anything. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. And then you just go back. This is your. This is like flowers for Algernon. Is literally the same as you going. Wow, the Willamette Valley is beautiful. Oh, this is how it was. All this on us. All the way to science is wrong. <laughs> and then just, and then just the gradual decline back to the Willamette Valley is a very beautiful place. Uh, you you got to respect a Pinot Noir from the Willamette Valley. You just do. Boom. Yeah. Fucking the fishing down there? Yeah. This is a lot of good stuff. It's so fun. That's so funny, dude. All right. Well, Media Rack, listen to Woody Guthrie's songs about the Columbia Hell yeah. River. <laughs> yeah. Just listen to Woody Guthrie in general. In general. Um, um, hell yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. I love so when I was a kid we went to uh Banks Lake with like family friends. Nice. And we did like a little like car camping situation. And they had a laser show on the Grand Coulee Dam that taught you about uh the floods. Wow. So it was like a nighttime like cool laser show where they would like do like pictures and stuff on the side. And it would literally start like, "Behold, the River Columbia." No way. And it was just like, tell you about the floods and the ice age and from Missoula, how it created the basin shit. It's good stuff. So, 
you read the room on that one. You picked a good audience for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Okay. okay. What do we got? Have have we talked on this podcast about Shen Yun? No, I don't think so. Oh my god. Do you have are you familiar with Shen Yun? I uh, you need to jog my memory, not off the top of my head. Okay, see cuz the thing is I think it's ringing a bell. Um, they're most famous for their billboards. Yeah, is it the Chinese dancing thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But that's like the extent. Yeah, I I know it's yeah more or less the billboards are like the first thing that I know of. Okay. Cool. Um, let's dive right in. Shenyun Performing Arts. Yeah is a United States-based non-profit performing arts and entertainment company that tours internationally, producing dance performances and symphony concerts. It is operated by the Falun Gong New no Religious way. Movement. Shen Yun is composed of seven performing arts companies with a total of approximately 480 performers. And then this is the part where it, it, it definitely sounds like this sentence was written by one of their followers. Yeah. Shen Yun has performed in front of millions and has toured more than 130 cities across Europe, North America, Oceania, and Asia. So, um, it was founded in 2006 by ad, uh, Chinese ex- expatriate adherents of the Falun Gong or Falun Dafa. Yeah, can we, and can we just put a pin... What is Falun Gong? Are you going for that? Is it? Yeah, okay. yeah. Because I didn't, I didn't really know. You, okay. It's, um... I wasn't sure if like growing up in Japan, like you were like intimately familiar with it no, or something. No, no. Okay. It's no, a cult, no. though, um, right? Like it's a cult. It's it's definitely okay. a cult. It it's got flavors of like the oh. Nexium vibe and like Scientology and all that kind of. And I know this is wrong. I always get it a little bit confused with um Shinriko. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure that that's probably offensive to Falun Gong, but that's like in my head. That's a <laughs> the thing that I cult, 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 cult. Whether you put sarin <laughs> cult, in the cult. metro system or not, cult, cult. Yeah, or put on some sweeping epic shows, performances. You're still cult, yeah. cult. Um. So it was founded by Lee Hong Zi. Uh, it's based in Deer Park, New York. No way. By the way. Funny. Their headquarters, they're set up in uh, the Dragon Springs compound, Ooh. a 427-acre. Yeah, you know some weird shit's happening in there. Um, so uh, Shen Yun performances have received audience and critic criticism for prom- promoting sectarian doctrines and negative views towards evolution, atheism, and homosexuality. Mm. Very interesting. Um, this is This was the big piece that i didn't know the group is promoted by the epic times of course yeah a media outlet affiliated yeah so they're like the epic times is like run by this yeah i actually did know that yeah Uh, they are that's so interesting they are uh bad too i mean the epic times it it totally tracks yeah yeah this is like the epic times i knew separately this is kind of like the mask off i think of falun gong right is that like the epic times is like really weird uh one of the more like viscerally bad major media propagandas like existing in the west right now (laughs) there's a um newspaper or what do you call it just like a newspaper stand magazine stand store uh near where i live where it's just like one of the two newspapers just like out in front of the store and i'm just like come on well they they've got some very weird political associations the epic times mm-hmm. like it's not just like it's not like fox news certainly no, it's not even no, like no, no, the no, new no. york post where you're like what's your angle here like it's like why do you love ron paul so much you know and like mm-hmm. also you i'm i'm i think that they have like Something. It's because their main partners are straight up a cult. Yeah, I, 
I would be super interested. I, maybe this is worthy of some like unfinished business next time. But like the Epic Times, they've got I, I can't. They've taken some really weird political stands, and then there's always yeah. this undercurrent of just like f- fiercely anti-communist China, which is why yeah. like you know Rand Paul and a lot of the shit-eating Republican, like Marco Rubio, probably is quoted a lot in the Epic Times kind of thing. It's like a very specific political stream. So, the stated purpose of the company, Shen Yun, was to revive Chinese culture and traditions from the time before communist yep. rule. There you go. Um, so it all tracks. Yeah. It all tracks. It's um, it, That's so interesting. It's like almost like a uniquely diasporic cultural influence right like it's it's yeah, a, it's yeah obviously chinese it's mostly, like it's obviously a chinese yeah, thing but it's a chinese it's... diaspora of people who are not communist and there's a reason they don't live in yeah. china they're more or less exiled because they're not allowed to perform in china crazy so they perform yeah a bunch of other places except china um let's see uh, yes, yeah, so according to a 2020 report by the Los Angeles Magazine, both Shen Yun and Epic Times are funded and operated by members of the Falun Gong, a controversial spiritual group that was banned by China's government in 1999. Falun Gong melds traditional Taoist principles with occasionally bizarre pronouncements from its Chinese-born founder and leader, Li Hongzhi. Among other pronouncements... Lee has claimed that aliens started invading human minds in the beginning of the 20th century. Interesting. And that was the moment where I went, oh, well, all right. Well, now now we're fully in cult territory. It it sounds like Scientology, right? Yeah, yeah. A lot of the... But see, you you know what's weird is like, why do so many of the same kinds of people... So like... It does sound like Scientology, clear on the other side of the world. Yeah. Where he's saying the same thing. I'm sure he, like, believes that shit. Yeah. And, um, it's happening, it's happening in completely different places. Right. What is the deal with these aliens that came to our, invaded our minds? It's just people not, maybe not understanding the, uh, Adam Curtis kind of stuff. Yeah, and also, I mean... Or misinterpreting, I guess. I think that the, for most people that we know, mm-hmm. the contemporary mm-hmm. response to the kind of, um, uh, pressures of, mm-hmm. you know, twenty first century life, has been mm-hmm. to realize that the major religions of like you know we'll call it like the axial age you know like the right. Um, right, right those religions are outdated and bad but i think the majority of us have responded by saying maybe this whole you know like creating a prism through which you see the world in a spiritual sense right. just like isn't doesn't make any sense to begin isn't with sick, but yeah. like there's obviously people who are not doing that who have had a a, a, uh, a, a a complete struggle of faith and they right. Scientology, like all of these new agey religions, they sound like uh-huh. cults because we now interpret religion to be a made up thing that is supposed to make you better right. as a human. Um, but when you think about it dogmatically, uh, then you get into this like weird headspace, right? And then you're talking about aliens. Yeah, that makes right? sense. Like the, the the modern religions are just approaching the conversation with modern stressors and problems. Yeah, yeah. It's like you're not you're not seeing angels, you're seeing aliens. UFOs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> aliens. Uh and and it's just yeah. but at the end of the day, we we know now because we have essentially the access to all of life's knowledge at our fingertips. <laughs> yeah. That that it's patently ridiculous to like believe in something. You can have ideas about something right. and like, like mm-hmm. think, oh, that's a good idea. I'll bet. I mean, I'm looking at the Falun Gong. It's good to have faith. Yeah, I'm looking at the Falun Gong it is... Wikipedia page. Like, I'll bet those breathing exercises they do are probably pretty helpful. Yeah, like that's what. So that's what I love about this group <laughs> is that half their shit is very chill, very 
actually good stuff. And then the other half is straight up like <laughs> Looney Tunes. Um, communism is just evil, which is like, all right, that's on the more normal stuff. Yeah. But like aliens took over. Um, he also denounced feminism and homosexuality and claimed he can walk through walls and levitate. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. that's like the other half of their shit. Um, which is kind of hilarious. So there's a, there's this great, oh, I'm sorry. We should go a little bit into like the actual show. Yeah, yeah. So each year, Shenyun creates original two and a half hour productions. Uh, each consists of approximately 20 vignettes featuring classical Chinese dance routines, folk dances, solo musicians singing operatic songs in Chinese, and dance versions of Chinese folk tales. Hmm. Um, so, you know, what's interesting is that, like, the weird thing that that reminded me of was all the uh, communist theater in the Adam Curtis documentaries. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so there's, like, Mulan, Journey to the West... You know, those, like, classic Chinese stories. Uh, but during the 2010 production, at least two of the 16 scenes depic- depicted persecution and murder of Falun Gong practitioners in contemporary China, mm. including the beating of a young mother to death and the jailing of a Falun Gong protester. Hmm. Like, hmm. That doesn't not track... You know, all of this could be true. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's something very off-putting about, like, the response to widespread successful leftist movements, right? There's right. like, because right. the, at the core there's some there's like some i don't know and i don't they're not that doesn't that doesn't discredit anyone's like suffering but like you know Mm -hmm. think about the cuban-american community and you're like really like you're Mm -hmm. really gonna do this again you know like though they they stole your plantation well boohoo you know um Mm -hmm. and obviously that's like kind of over generalizing it but when when you release something like the Epic Times in partnership with this whole like you know meditative Chinese folk movement, like then you're just like, what's really happening here? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You you because there's so many times where I'm just like a little bit nervous because I'm like, okay, I like this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're just doing qigong like tai chi stuff, and then it goes into like absolutely wild shit. Um, so there's this great San Francisco SF Gate article that's titled, um, hold on. After years of ignoring Shen Yun billboards, I finally bought a ticket so you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, it's written by Alex Martishu two years ago. Um, and it just, this beginning is just great. Uh, after years, and I really mean years, of aggressively ignoring ads on billboards, BART, BART, bus stations, and every single commercial break on local news, I finally did it. I bought a ticket to see Shen Yun. A roughly two hour, blah, 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 blah. Um, oh, the dress code suggests you might want to wear a tuxedo or evening oh, gown. Wow. Since you're in for a special treat, very much... Not there was nary a tux in sight <laughs> as I got off the bus. All right. That so okay so that's something that that strikes me um, with this and I mean this is like I don't know maybe a little sounds a little mean spirited but I'm gonna say it anyway. Mm-hmm. This is a a movement that is very much not self aware. Like that like yeah. like the idea yeah, that yeah, it's yeah. like well you want to wear a tuxedo to this and that nobody does like they're not existing in the real world. Like they're existing in some Mm -hmm. fantasy where they're the rightful, like heirs to China and, you know, like they can, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's clearly so missing that dose of reality. Like when you're so ideological about something, when, when you are a true believer, right? Like 
you end up you end up yeah you end up believing and doing things like based on the narrative of what you perceive should be happening and it's at that point like fuck man you're 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 out out to sea like hey so you know that's about all there is i know that might seem abrupt but um i'm playing it off like that's all there is because the audio recording got messed up so for listeners if it sounds like the audio changed for the second separate time this episode it's because we're recording for the third separate time we um Um, so this is a frankenstein episode it is and we i hope you guys all know how much time we've sunk in this in this project of ours uh, and we love it. <laughs> Into this. Uh, but just so you know, uh, we have decided for whatever reason to spend an inordinate amount of time on this podcast. So uh, I hope that you guys are enjoying it at home. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed this mega marathon yeah. episode in so many different ways. Uh, I think it was a good one. There was good material, though, right? Yeah. I here's the thing is mo- I know that it's what the first first weekend of June most of you that listen to us probably did you know went out into the world yourselves for the first time check trying to see yeah trying to gauge what the vibes were like yeah. socially and stuff like that so I'm sure you had similar weekends to us yeah yeah you know? absolutely absolutely we're just uh trying to be our best social selves we are yeah we're we're worn and the podcast is taking a hit worn a little thin um but uh the show must go on as they say even this show uh yes and so that is why we've recorded yeah. three different times this week for you guys and uh that's right that's right that's right uh, this is the Hag- That's about hey, and <laughs> and what else did you need to know about Shen Yun anyway? Uh nothing. <laughs> nothing probably. Although maybe we should go see it. Maybe we'll see it. That's it. That's it. Alright guys. It. Well this is the Hegelian Friendship Simulator. Um you can yes. get us on Instagram, Twitter, and or you can find us there and then you can listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts you're already listening though so i think you figured that one out uh we love you tons and keep it sleazy we gotta go drink some water <laughs> yeah. keep it sleazy folks <laughs> goodbye <laughs> Adios.